0: Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for joining us a moment as we take a look at the book. I hold in my hand a five-part audio series on CD entitled The Age of Antichrist. You know, one of the most asked questions that I am confronted with as I travel across the United States and around the world, do I believe that the Antichrist is alive on earth today? Well, I have much to say in this series, Age of Antichrist, that will give you my ultimate answer. I want you to take a moment with me, if you will, right now, and let's look at the connection between the city of Rome, the church that is located there, and the Antichrist. We'll be back, and I'll tell you how you can receive your copy of this entire five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Age of Antichrist. But first, let's listen to Ecclesiastical Babylon. Keep your finger here in chapter 17. Go back to Daniel just for a moment, Daniel 11. Daniel 11. Let me show you something. In Daniel chapter 11, we touched base with it yesterday, verses 40, 41, and 42. Daniel 11, and at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, That's Egypt, and the king of the north shall come against him, that's Syria. They'll come against Israel, him, because Israel has confirmed a peace agreement with Satan, or with Antichrist. Don't have time to explain it, but just verse 41. And he, Antichrist, shall enter also into the glorious land and make many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, Edom, Moab, and the chief children of Ammon, that's the state of Jordan. So he destroys Egypt in the south, and he destroys Syria in the north. Then he goes, and look at verse 43, and he shall have power over the treasures of the gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. And then tidings out of the east, that's Persia or modern-day Iran, and out of the north, that would be Gog and Magog. If you have a moment, just go back to Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. It's setting the scene in Daniel chapter 11 for Ezekiel chapter 38 now to come into effect. In Ezekiel chapter 38, it mentions in verse 2, Son of man, set thy face against Gog in the land of Magog, that is modern-day Russia. Meshach, Tubal, and look at verse 6. Gomer and Togarmah, that is modern-day Turkey. When Mark and I were in Turkey, doing our study on the seven churches, which we have available, by the way, out there on the table if you'd like to get a copy of that. uh, I picked up an ancient map of of Turkey, and there it was, Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, Tagarma, modern-day Turkey. So it says now, Russia, verse 2, and then verse 2 and 6, Turkey. Verse 5, Persia, that's modern-day Iran. And then it says, Cush, that's modern-day Ethiopia, Sudan, and then it says Put, that's modern-day Libya. What have I just talked about? I've talked about where the fundamentalist headquarters is in Iran. I've talked about the most populated Muslim country in the world, Egypt. I've talked about the fifth strongest military might, Syria. I've talked about the training center for all of terrorists, Sudan, Ethiopia. Ethiopia. I've talked about a major country above Israel that now is supposedly coexisting with the Jewish nation, Turkey. What I've talked about, the lowest common denominator, they're all Islamic except Russia. And I don't know if you understand it or not, but the former six republics of the former Soviet Union are all now Islamic republics. There are over 150 million Muslims in those six former republics that will form a coalition with Russia to come down against Israel. It's already in the, if you know anything, if if you're a Russian watcher, you know that is coming to be right this moment. So what happens, Antichrist, to some extent, but Antichrist usurps the victory over Jesus Christ of Ezekiel 38, but in Daniel chapter 11, he destroys two major Muslim countries, the most populated, the most militarily powerful. And so he's wiping out those major Islamic countries that would stop. Now go back to chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. Let's go through chapter 17. So the the, the scene is set. The Islamic faith is wiped out. And these battles of Daniel 11 and Ezekiel chapter 38 take place basically soon after the rapture of the church happens. Some have even suggested men like Dr. Tim LaHaye, in his studies, not in any of his novels, in his his books, novels I'm talking about, but in his study books on prophecy, he has even suggested in the book The Beginning of the End that Ezekiel 38 may start to happen prior to the rapture of the church. I wouldn't agree with that. I believe it's after the rapture of the church that really takes place. But there is a suggestion that it's going to happen very closely to the time of the rapture of the church so that that... uh, that religiosity of Islam is wiped out so now that the Antichrist can establish a false church. Chapter 17, verse 1, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials. This is one of the angels dispatched by God out of the heavenlies, out of the third heaven, to bring the vile judgments, which are found in chapter 16 of the book of Revelation. And this one coming, who had responsibility of... Uh, uh, which have the seven vials, talk with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore. Again, I'm telling you the great whore representing the false church that sitteth upon many waters. Now, apocalyptic literature it helps us to understand apocalyptic literature. And the best way to understand any of prophecy, and especially apocalyptic literature, is continue reading apocalyptic literature. It says this whore, this false church, sitteth upon many waters. Look over here in verse 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth. Now that's as plain as you can make it. He's telling us exactly what he's talking about are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. It's talking about a mass of people, but basically that phrase is used to refer to the Gentile world. Always, when you're talking about Gentiles, that phrase is inserted in our understanding. And that's what it's saying here. The horse sitteth upon peoples and multitudes and nations, same word as for Gentile, and tongues, So now back to verse 2, we see that the whore is sitting over the Gentile world, the revived Roman Empire which will be controlling the Gentile world. Verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. That's the politicals. The politicos will commit fornication with this false church. Much being done by that today. I'm not sure if uh, we were talking about at the dinner table. If you heard about The picture that was on the front page of the New York Daily News today. The Pope shaking hands with Bill Clinton. And the headline, the saint and the sinner. Now that's not Jiminy Young prophecy teacher, that's the New York Daily News. Sorry. Anyway, verse 2, "...with whom the kings of the earth had committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication." Those in the earth watching political and, and false religion coming together and forming a coalition. I got involved in the political arena back in 1976. We were talking again at the table about Jack Whartzen. Harry mentioning Jack Whartzen having a love but being able to take you to the wall. I left in 75 to run for United States Congress in upstate New York. In 1975, Jack Wurchin put out a word, Jimmy DeYoung and Judy DeYoung are not allowed on the property of Word of Life. Their children can come on, but Jimmy and Judy cannot. Now that was pretty tough because my house was next door to Word of Life. If You, you know, I lived in that house. You have Word of Life over here and you had uh, the funeral home. I lived between life and death at Scroon Lake. And uh, <laughs> in that yellow duck house that used to be there. And that's where we lived, you know. You turn in the entrance of the Word of Life in. And he loved me. Even when he said that, I knew he loved me. Jack, we we're talking about that, how true it goes with... But then, Jack McGuckin, after his son was killed in my front yard, said, why don't you get out of that, and start preaching again? Harry Ballback got in the car and drove to Glens Falls, New York to meet with me at the Howard Johnson. He said, man, you need to be preaching. Why don't you step up higher than running for Congress of the United States? And that afternoon, Jack Wertzon called me and invited me to the World Life concert, and I sat there on the front row at the concert by Jack, and he spent three hours talking to me in his house after that. Here's a guy who said I couldn't even come on the property. But he loved me so much, that's why he said it. And, th- and then I realized, and I was thinking that the, what needed to be done was that we needed to get involved in the politics. I'm not against Christians getting involved in politics. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm against preacher men, who God has called a higher calling than even president of the United States or king of England or whatever to do what's done. And, and that's what's happening here. A false religion, getting together with the politicos of the world, committing fornication, and the people getting drunk on it. Verse 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. Now this beast, there are three personalities in chapter 17. The beast, which is the empire, the beast, is which is the emperor, and the whore, the false church. You've got to remember there are three actors in this scene in chapter 17. This first beast is going to say it has the ten horns and the seven heads. We're going to look at it in just a moment. That's the revived Roman Empire. The false church doesn't come to power over the Antichrist. On the back of the Antichrist, it comes to power on the back of the beast. Empire, They revived Roman Empire. And I'll show you, it, it defines it more. You've got to just study the context to see what it's talking about. Here it is, sitting on a beast full of names of blasphemy, verse 3, the last part, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, what are the ten horns? Look at verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest. I mean, you can't get any better than that. The answers to our questions, right here in the book. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. That beast there, one hour with the beast, is the Antichrist. Remember, we said that in chapter 7 of Daniel, verse 8, he comes to power, he subdues three of those ten. Verse 24 defines it. He comes to power when he subdues three of the ten that have formed the confederation, the revived Roman Empire. And so here it is, it's seen that Antichrist is going to take charge of this revived Roman Empire. They almost become synonymous when you look at them, but here it's talking about the revived Roman Empire. Verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. This is very interesting because what it's describing here 2,000 years before the fact is what we see today. Look at it again. And the woman is arrayed in purple, purple, the color for the bishops, and scarlet, the color for the cardinals and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, a cross carried solid gold, precious jewels, having a golden cup or chalice in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication, claiming that drinking from that cup It becomes the blood, once again, of Christ, and that wafer, the body, actually of Christ. Interesting what was written here. You have just been able to listen to a portion of one part of this five-part audio series on CD entitled Age of Antichrist. This particular part of it, the Ecclesiastical Babylon. Well, there is much more that needs to be said, and you need to have your copy so you can listen to the entire study on the age of Antichrist. I do believe the Antichrist is alive and well on planet Earth. You need to have a better understanding, a biblical understanding, of this coming world dictator. You can do that when you get your copy of Age of Antichrist, a five-part audio series on CD. Why don't you go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, or you can call our toll-free number, and you can make your order of this five-part audio series on CD, Age of Antichrist. That number to call is 8 prophecy eight. 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from across America. I said a moment ago I believe the Antichrist is alive and well on planet Earth. Let me make this one final statement. He will not appear and be known to the world until after the rapture takes place. And that could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...